Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the second series of Help, I'm in my 20s, a podcast dedicated to career development, stories and inspiration hosted by me, Georgie Hobart-Smith. Today's guest is Alex Myatt, pack house manager at her family farm, Myatt's and Mottbegger. I've known Alex for possibly two decades now, and as you'll hear in this episode, Alex has had a varied career from performance analyst to ski chalet host, farm manager, and now pack house manager. There's so many things to unpack, so let's get started. Hi Alex, how are you? Welcome to Help Over My Twenties. Hi Georgie. I'm good, thanks for having me. Good. So I'm very good. We've known each other for a super long time. I'm trying to think actually how long and I don't know how long it is. Must be a few decades, which is a little bit crazy. (laughs) Um, But you have such an interesting career history and it's super varied, especially with kind of what you studied at uni. So it would be great if you could just give a quick introduction into your entire career life (laughs) to date. (laughs) Okay. So I'm 28 and at school I wasn't the most academic, but I really enjoyed sport um, and I was quite good at it. Um, wanted to go to uni, but didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, why not do what you're good at? So I studied sport and physical education in Cardiff. Um, and I also worked for the Welsh Rugby Union in my last year in performance analysis, which was great fun. Um, and then... But I realised I didn't actually want to do performance analysis. It was sitting at a desk all weekend on the computer. Not really my thing. Um, Growing up, I was outside in the countryside. Um, Parents are farmers. So, you know, I like being outdoors, anything sporty, active. Um, And then, so after uni, um, a group of friends, we decided, actually your sister, um, (laughs) decided we want to go travelling. So we were really lucky in that we could go travelling. But to fund that, we uh, needed a job. Mm. So we worked on the farm picking cherries um, with a group of friends, which was quite a fun summer, hard work, but good fun. (laughs) And then, so did that, went travelling for the winter, came back, didn't know what I wanted to do. So again, ended up working on the farm to earn some money. Then I was very lucky to do two ski seasons um, as a chalet host and chalet supervisor in my second year. Um, And again, always ended up coming back to the farm. And so I, after two ski seasons, didn't want to do another one, but I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, So dad was like, try winter on the farm, see what it's like. (laughs) And 
that was five years ago and I've never oh left gosh, five years so, yeah it's five wow. years and I'm still here <laughs> um so I am um a fruit farmer based in Kent we do soft and stone fruit and we supply all major supermarkets and we also pack our own fruit as well which is the role I have taken on this last year as pack house manager which has been a challenge but a good challenge a challenge that I got to see firsthand when I was furloughed because came and worked for you as well yeah <laughs> you saved us Georgie <laughs> <laughs> that will cause loads of errors <laughs> no not at oh, all okay. it's definitely very varied and you're quite involved with is it the young farmers yeah, yeah so growing up I actually didn't want anything to do with farming or the family <laughs> business I was not interested it wasn't cool I you know <laughs> n- just no um so I didn't get involved in young farmers as a as a child or Mm. teenager but when I joined the family business uh dad there was a group called under 40 fruit growers and again I was like oh that doesn't sound great (laughs) but um I got invited to a couple of their events and it's such a good good networking forum for people under 40 in the fruit industry Mm. because I didn't study agriculture. I might have grown up on the farm, but actually I know very little or knew very little about it. Um, and then, so they, under 40s, they put on trips throughout the UK and every two years they do a big trip abroad. Mm. Um, I was lucky to go to Chile with them a couple yes. of years ago. They took almost 50 growers or people in the fruit industry. And then I was asked to be on the committee. So I've been on the committee coming up to three years now. Okay. Um, and we've rebranded to Next Gen Fruit Group um covid has obviously thrown a massive span in the works we were supposed to be taking uh our growers to new zealand which we've had to postpone and so we don't think that's going to happen but we'll end up handing over to a new committee in the spring so that's my ball (laughs) next week which we are very looking forward to but um yeah no next gen fruit group to if you're wanting to get involved but not really sure about Mm. what to do it's definitely one group to look up that's great I think and I mean it sounds like do they do training as well in terms of trying or even maybe um upskilling yeah so it's more uh for people who are already in the industry Mm. but we can point you in the right direction of who to contact growers or pack houses that Mm. um take on undergraduates or interns and that sort of thing so we don't have we would love to eventually be a group to maybe help fund people through agriculture university or something mm. like that but that's something we're looking into so but yeah get in contact and we can point you in the right direction that's good I think yeah I mean you must have been what 24 or something or no sorry even younger 23 to join our under 40s mm. I think in your early 20s it can feel like that's possibly quite old and then mm-hmm. when you get to your mid-20s you're like okay it's not that old <laughs> I know it's so like oh my gosh I'm nearly 30 <laughs> I'm 30 like a month <laughs> Um, so going all the way back so university um you said you were a performance analyst Mm -hmm. which you started off by saying I'm not very academic and then you went into data analysis yeah and I'm I'm really bad at tech as well so (laughs) to go into that was uh to be honest I applied for the job thinking I didn't have a chance getting it it came up on our uni emails um Mm. And I was like, oh, I might as well apply for it. Good interview <laughs> practice. And then they were like, yeah, come and join us. Don't have anything for you this year, but for next year, um, mm. definitely. So, yeah, just... What, what did it actually involve? What did you do? So um, I 
would go to the um, rugby union premiership games That's so it not wasn't a bad place like, to be no so <laughs> it wasn't their like welsh team but mm-hmm. it was the the lower leagues um i would go and i'd have to record the game mm. and give the refs their mics and then we'd go back to um the base and we would code it for the coaches and the players for monday morning okay. so the first couple of weekends were long you know we, we worked all through the night to get <laughs> the coding done for monday morning um and so we were doing, you know, gain lines, passes, tackles, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. if you're watching sport, the analysis you get at the end, possession, mm. that's what I was doing. So how do you do that? Is it in coding? Was it manually? No, it's all right. computerized. So yeah. it was just clicking buttons, okay. pausing, rewinding. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, okay. it's quite time consuming. Um, and some of the guys there are so skilled and they literally do it with their eyes closed. <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah it's but then like I say I wasn't I'm not massively into tech I don't really like sitting down for too long so it was really great to do for a season but for me I realized quite quickly that it wasn't Mm. what I wanted to do okay and was that a whilst you were still studying was it yeah yeah so So during my dissertation oh (laughs) you know just throw that one in there your weekends are gone (laughs) so um but then I used that for my dissertation so I agree oh, so I it helps kind of link the <laughs> two together which was quite good <laughs> yeah, definitely if you're able to say it's sort of like your coursework or yeah. revision as you went along definitely that really helps and I'd actually forgotten somehow forgotten about your ski seasons <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how I've managed to do that but um do you not see my Instagram <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> no I think you, I, from people who I know who've done them it sounds so much fun yeah. but also just great for making sort of friends people keep in touch yeah. with for a really long time has that been the case kind of for you as well yeah so we were so lucky I went out with um a friend we went together mm. who is actually my flatmate now oh, and nice. we worked to shallow girls in the same chalet together um in our resort there were about 30 of us mm. um and then um we I became really, really good friends with another group. And we then decided to do another season together. Mm. And yeah, we are all still really good friends. We're all based throughout the country. So we try and meet up a couple of times a year, which is quite tricky. But um, yeah, that uh, seems often to me. (laughs) Yeah, no. um, But so, yeah, really, Mm. really good friends because you're like minded. And um, we haven't been able to get out skiing together yet, but we are planning, hopefully, (laughs) to have a good trip sometime in the future definitely mm. and then I mean you sound well traveled with your next year farmers group <laughs> trips and hopefully in the future some more of them as well so from kind of your travels from being chalet host what do you think are some of the key things you learn about just like being around lots of different people and having to I guess make friends or just avoid <laughs> certain people do you think you've kind of taken anything from that into any further jobs I yeah being in fruit farming as well we it's very labor intensive we Mm. employ over 180 people growing up I wasn't necessarily the most confident in a social social situation in big groups didn't like talking Mm. you know one-on-one fine as soon as the group got to more than eight I'm like no you can talk I'm fine thank you (laughs) so being a part of um, chalet hosting and having to talk in front of 16 plus guests on a weekly basis and you know when you're traveling having to go up to strangers and ask mm. for directions in a 
language that you have no idea how to speak um, and then coming back to the farm and talking to our staff you know when I was seeing dad do it I was thinking oh I don't ever want to do that talking in front of 30 40 people mm. I'd be terrified um but when it actually comes down to it you just end up doing it and the more you do it the more relaxed you get into it mm. I'm not going to lie I was quite nervous about doing this like just talking <laughs> but um also with next gen I've been asked to talk at a couple of events and that terrified me mm. but afterwards I was like yes I've actually done it so it's just putting yourself out there and not being scared to ask people questions because mm. the worst that they could do is say no um and you do learn with people's body language who is going to be accommodating and who's not so <laughs> um you learn that quite quickly and it's just yeah it's just asking mm. I think that's a really good experience just to sort of practice you know going up to people you really don't know it's good for networking it's good for mm. making friendships but like you say having to talk, talk in front of 30 40 people is part of a job I, I think it does get easier every time as you tend to find your I guess like purpose within your role so you know that you're standing up there and talking to them because you have something to tell them that mm. they need to know or is useful for them to know or they you know might want to know and I think that is something that I always had it wasn't very good at doing when I was younger and now I'm much more confident talking in front of people and generally I think it's just because I know a bit more now I think I'm confident in what I'm saying is right for the most part (laughs) Um, and you know most of what I'm going to say is going to be helpful but I think to someone younger it can really or someone who's maybe not as confident it can appear like someone who does do that is really super confident but I think everyone has their own doubts yeah at the start gosh university having to do presentations was Mm. for me the worst thing ever um and now talking in front of people the more confident you are or pretend to be Mm. the more people will listen and I think um you've just got to act confident and even if what you're saying isn't necessarily 100% correct (laughs) if you're confident in what you're saying people think oh yeah she knows what she's talking about Um, so there's a fine line between being confident and cocky as well mm. and some people stand up and they're overconfident you think <laughs> oh okay <laughs> but you know each their own if yeah. that's the way that they like to talk to people because that's their way of dealing with it then mm. that's fair enough yeah them. maybe they just kind of need to have a persona to yeah. actually get up and talk to people yeah. in that sort of setting um I mean when we were working in the pack house over someone I joined you there you had to give briefings to multiple people. I mean, how many people? Gosh, about 20, 30 people. Yeah. And I've, I've never really seen it because I've, I've always worked in the UK, always worked in, um, I guess, English speaking roles. Yeah. And what I quite like to watch, because I think it's amazing also how people can speak multiple languages. Like you would say in English and then one other person would translate in I don't know, Romanian to some of the group to Ukrainian to another part of the group Russian and it's just such a different way of working to anything I've ever encountered before yeah, yeah. we do have a, a there's a big language barrier at work and um you don't always have somebody there to translate but mm-hmm. whenever we are having to do instructions or training we always have someone there that can yeah. translate um so some of our our translators are so skilled and they can just switch between Mm. two or three different languages and you just think wow how can you do that I was I'm terrible at languages I would love to be able to learn it but which one to learn gosh Mm. who knows but um it's 
it's just a different different way of working and mm. you you soon adapt to it and you just yeah it's what you do yeah <laughs> that was one thing I felt really bad in that I was I talk quite fast generally <laughs> and having to sort of slow down I feel like I'm potentially being patronizing yeah. or something but actually I was then asked to slow down more. Yeah. so, so no. then you realize no they're just kind of going and it's, it's the same as if someone's going to be in a language I'd have no idea unless they really slowed down it's like a process what they were talking about yeah. but and that different. takes time because you're we're so used to talking fast with our friends and mm. colleagues and then when you've got somebody that maybe understands a tiny bit of English to then go back and then also people with different accents yeah especially around here we've got people with all sorts of different <laughs> yeah. accents and so you might understand they might be able to understand one person but not another and they're like why don't they understand me yeah. like just slow down talk really slowly <laughs> and try and see and often yeah. they do get it but yeah it just takes time <laughs> yeah definitely and actually it's such like it, again it's such a different working point I'm used to working at my desk or at my kitchen table as I am at the moment in my bedroom with my kitchen table um or you know in the office having actually and it was one thing I actually really enjoyed about working is I was on my feet a lot yeah. and that was really really fun and you know kind of running all between the different warehouses got your steps in every day <laughs> definitely got my steps in um but it was it was different it was fun but um they are long hours I think one mm. week I did like an 80 hour week or something mm-hmm. crazy like in the peak of summer yeah. and then in winter I know it goes a bit um reduced in hours mm-hmm. how do you manage that or how do you best try to manage that um so this year in, was my first year as pack house manager mm. so it was very much learning on the job um and the fruit British fruit season is very very peaky Mm. we have nothing over winter or virtually nothing apart from a little bit of rhubarb and then um and then all of a sudden we go to strawberries and raspberries and then we have everything Mm. in July August September (laughs) so to manage your staff as well is very difficult this year was a bad season a bad cropping season because a lot of our tree fruit got frosted out in the spring um so we thought we wouldn't need so many people and then because the supermarkets are trying to prolong the season they're maybe not giving you the mm. orders that they should so then you're sitting on well, not sitting on fruit but your fruit's in the store for longer <laughs> than it should be so then you're having to grade more so working out the the staff rotors or whether you need a second shift Mm. and when you need them because getting people in for six to eight weeks isn't what they want they Mm. want at least a couple of months or they go on to another job so Mm. um how do we manage it (laughs) (laughs) with uh this year it's been tricky Mm. um and last year I helped the previous manager put in shift work um building a team and structure we were probably one assistant manager down this summer Mm -hmm. which put a lot more pressure on us including you (laughs) definitely Um, you more than me uh, but it's finding and training up the right people to be able to say right you do this you do this Mm -hmm. and then giving people enough time off and mornings off or afternoons off and things like that to balance it out because we are very peaky um 
but then if you don't give people enough hours then they'll just go somewhere else <laughs> so it's, as it's definitely saw yeah, it's yeah it's it's a tricky one um and it also kind of depends on supermarkets and what order mm. they're going to give us each week each week yeah that was something that i found so different especially from the airline industry where for example i have um you know maybe working eight 10 15 years out you actually get an order of fruit that needs to go out that day yeah. that morning yeah <laughs> for the most part and I was like wait what we have a couple of hours to turn this around yeah and it's so different to what I do on like a day-to-day basis it was yeah I, I imagine quite stressful sometimes <laughs> yeah it's, it's very fast-paced um in the pack house you know out on the farm when the fruit's ready you pick it mm. there's not really anything you can do about it yeah um when you have the fruit then in cold store um we will send our stocks to whichever customer we mm. have um mm. and then they will give us a weekly program forecast and estimate and then each day in the morning we get our provisional order which sometimes doesn't actually get confirmed till maybe one or two o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon and then a couple of hours later the lorry's there and it needs to go mm. um depending on the customer some customers are the following day but that's very rare so it is a very fast pace mm. turnaround which is why sometimes it's really hard to predict I mean for example this summer uh the provisional orders were between 800 and 900 trays mm. and then the actual orders were coming in at two or three hundred yeah and sometimes it can be the other way around so it's yeah you've got to be adaptable and be able to just change the line depending on the order and labels and staff and yeah it's a challenge (laughs) it's all things that I'd never ever thought about before (laughs) in my whole life um but as podcast manager now I'm you said before you also like pick cherry so what other roles have you had on the farm over time uh so yeah so I start off as a picker which I think is very important to know I think if you don't do a job and then you ask someone else to do it Mm. I think that's quite hard so I have literally almost almost (laughs) done every job on the farm um from picking to husbandry to weeding to husbandry husbandry so (laughs) the maintenance of the trees planting planting training um pruning that sort of thing um I have also done you know irrigation monitoring planning um and then did a bit of supervising um and that's when I then progressed to farm manager when the previous farm manager retired Mm. so I took on almost all of his roles um and then last summer I also stepped into the pack house as line leader because one of the line leaders left quite Mm. suddenly and we were a line leader short so I then stepped in which has helped me a lot this summer because um even though when I was in sick form I did do a summer in the pack house as admin selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, that was a long time ago <laughs> so to do last summer in the pack house yeah. was quite good so how do you describe line leading so I mean I'm just saying this I had to learn a lot of vocabulary when I went into yeah. the bar and it's the same I work in aviation I know a lot of aviation random terms and people are like what are you talking about so how do you describe a line leader uh, so a line leader is a supervisor mm-hmm. um, we have uh, a feeder so a feeder will bring the fruit from the cold store onto the packing line mm-hmm. for our packers. Um, our line leader is supervising all these people. They are directing the feeder which fruit to get. Mm. They are instructing the packers. Are they doing a straight pack? Do they need to check the fruit? What are they checking mm-hmm. for? What weight does it need to be? What colour spec? You know, mm. all that sort of thing. Um, and then they are also checking the quality throughout the line. And then at the end, once it's gone down the conveyor belt, it's mm. been heat sealed, labels put on, and then it's out the other side. We have uh, a round table that then gets the fruit gets put into boxes or trays, mm. depending what they're going out on. Um, and the line leader will also check that they've all got the correct labels and they're mm. going to the correct depots. Um, and I or our assistant manager or somebody else in the office will tell the line leader what they need to pack in what order mm-hmm. um so yeah they are very very important <laughs> to, to make sure the job is done correctly Just make sure the moving parts fit together yes okay. and that it's all under customer specification and yeah. yeah exactly and then having to manage especially in the peak of season i mean i saw the storeroom so rooms <laughs> sorry uh, or fridges cold stores um just so much fruit and knowing okay this one was picked on this day and it's this variety and we need to use it because it's softer than that one all of that (laughs) is just uh, I mean it's a lot of detail which 
again I just never thought about yeah <laughs> and lots of people don't realize that there's different varieties of mm. of fruit so for plums for example yeah. um we grow 12 different varieties so that we have season extension mm. so we can start in July and then we're finished at the end of September yeah. um, and then we pick at different stages of fruit ripeness mm. to extend the season as well so that it's <laughs> sitting or, or in in cold store for um, a couple of weeks before mm. it goes out to to customers um, so yeah so managing stock rotation even though it was picked earlier doesn't mm. always mean it has to go first yeah so yeah <laughs> all the things I've learned to go along and then what so when you were farm manager what did was that essentially all those other roles you just make them happen <laughs> yes so on, on the farm um there's dad above mm -hmm. he sits at the top and uh then there's me farm manager mm. who which is now Hannah my sister so yeah. she was a she quit her job in London at the beginning of COVID, um, came to work on the farm and has had a massive step up. It's like, here you go, Hannah, after <laughs> one year. <laughs> um, so then, and then we have our supervisors. So each team has mm -hmm. two supervisors and within each team, there's between 20 to 30 pickers. Um, and then also on the farm, we've got irrigation managers, tunnel makers, track drivers, mm -hmm. sprayers, maintenance all other things like that um and so between myself and dad or whoever the farm manager is and dad and the supervisors mm. we will make a plan for the week and then we we tell everyone what they're picking when they're picking it who they're picking it for what other jobs they're doing um that sort of thing and just, we also have a couple of things yeah. as well <laughs> yeah you yeah. also make sure everyone can live <laughs> yeah so we have yeah <laughs> we house house people seasonally as well so we give all our staff accommodation mm. so that's another another role another <laughs> thing to be audited on another yeah the audits yeah <laughs> <laughs> i see and then um so i don't know whether to bring up the word brexit but i think i'm right <laughs> how did you find that that sort of impacted um the farm i guess overall um at first, it wasn't a big issue. Mm. Um, all of our labour is from was from Europe. Yeah, um, it was all uh, Bulgarian and Romanian, mm. and we were getting returners year on year, seventy five, eighty percent return rate, mm. which was fantastic. Um, we helped everybody get pre settled or settled status because yeah. if they didn't have it, then they wouldn't be able to come back and work for us. Okay, um, so. That was a challenge in itself, getting everybody email addresses, because a lot yeah. of them don't do that. They don't have mobile phones and things yeah. like that. So um, that was one challenge. Mm. There's now um, a scheme called the Source Scheme. Um, and so we use a recruitment firm who are recruiting uh, from Ukraine. And mm. so they come over on a visa for six months. Um, and that has worked very well this mm. year. Um, but there is a huge labour shortage in mm. the fresh produce horticulture industry. Um, so it's it's worrying next year. We've put in our uh, requirement mm. of labour and they have said that almost everybody has upped their labour requests by 75%. And I think that's just because they're worried that people are going to come, not want to stay and move on. And wow. then by getting people, by not 
having mm. the visas there, um, they're not going to be able to get the staff in. And then you're just going to have fruit rotting. Wow. So they've nearly the doubled their requests of people. Yeah. So the, the firm Gosh. that we use, they uh, are allocated 7,500 visas, mm. but they've already, and it's not even the end of the year, had over 8,000 requests for next year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So having to prioritise that as well. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. And then obviously, um, you know, fertilizers going up, cost of mm. plastics going up, metal, wood. So all of our all of our fixed costs, everything we need, everything we need mm. to, to make things and grow things, <laughs> everything's going up and it's getting harder and, and the mm. uh, delays with shipping and transport and, and everything. It's been interesting. <laughs> Challenging for sure. I definitely saw firsthand the impact as well of maybe lorry drivers mm. not potentially have having as many as needed in certain areas at certain times and this was before that um fuel well I don't know if there's an actual fuel shortage a shortage of fuel in the pool courts that yes. I think was in October yeah and in September we were struggling to get maybe all the drivers that we might need on that day and I remember having some interesting phone conversations <laughs> with some transport providers yeah, as part of this. Very well, <laughs> well there were a couple of occasions where there's just you're just calling around companies yeah. and there's just no one because your current I guess one of the suppliers hasn't been able to to fulfill it but um definitely a challenge and a challenge for them in turn as well but yeah because it's, it's our job to get the fruit to the supermarket and even though the supermarkets allocate mm. certain hauliers, mm. um, it's yeah, it's it's a challenge, yeah, for sure. And then when they turn up at eleven o'clock at night, it's like yeah. brilliant, thank you. <laughs> we'll come and load you now. Yeah, exactly. You're like either we're still here, working, yeah, <laughs> or you can answer that on site. <laughs> um, and then so you mentioned, I guess, like the cost of things like plastics and things. That was some one thing that I really loved seeing firsthand is that you are exploring lots of different sustainable mm -hmm. um, alternatives. So, you know, I guess like the plastic planets and the film on top of that, reducing the amount of plastic in there or having yeah. recycled plastic. How much do you think that has been your own backing in terms of your own initiative to do that versus the pressure from external factors like the supermarkets, for example? I would say it's 50-50 split. Mm. We are being pushed by supermarkets, um, but also we're saying, well, help us in that because mm. um, we are probably a medium-sized farm, so we don't have a lot of clout in the industry, whereas other growers do. Um, but it's, you know, I don't want to be throwing away tons and tons mm. of plastic every year. Um, but then at the same time, if we have a pulp um, punnet, which mm. is a bit like a cardboard punnet, um, we pick straight into punnets in the field so that we don't have to double handle mm. fruit. If it's raining, we can't do that mm. because you won't have a punnet left. <laughs> so it's find it's finding the material that allows you to do that. We are exploring uh, the 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 film of the plastic mm. to have less plastic in there, so it's more um, recyclable or from made from recycled plastic. So it's it's all everyone is looking and exploring mm. and it's finding things that um also allow the fruit to have its shelf life because nobody likes to pick up a punnet and it be yeah. rotten <laughs> um so yeah it's it's finding that balance and it's just yeah it's working out what works best for us and for mm. different fruits and things like that 
definitely I mean it's not a challenge that's going to be tackled overnight but it's good to be looking at all the different facets that kind of potentially have that in as well I think I don't know I get overwhelmed when I think (laughs) about it all (laughs) yeah it's a big big subject (laughs) exactly so um another guest in this series also called Alex Alex Pavlovska she's um in sustainable finance and so we talk about that a bit in the episode about how kind of overwhelming it is and she's just somewhat reassuring about you know we're getting there we're gonna make those steps hopefully and I mean it was before COP26 so Mm -hmm. we actually spoke but um hopefully good things to come yeah we'll see we're all moving towards (laughs) that way so yeah exactly so I have four questions that I ask everybody kind of towards the end of each episode and I'm very excited to hear what you've got to say. So what has been the best thing about your career to date? And it doesn't have to be one thing, to be fair. It could be like oh, two things, three gosh. things. That's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'm really lucky and fortunate that I've got a family business to come back to. Mm. And even though it might not have been something that I wanted to do, the more I've learned about it, I realised I actually really love it. Um and producing great tasting fruit for people is great and maybe they're my friends being biased but they're always like you've got the best strawberries in the world <laughs> um, I, I can vouch for that as well <laughs> they're delicious um, <laughs> and the rest of the fruit. yeah but um I, I'm really lucky to, to work with family we get on so well mum does all the wages dad does all the well, we all plan together now. Hannah's mm. now joined. Unfortunately, my brother's emigrated to Australia, but <laughs> it's it's you know it's a family run business and we get on so well. Um, this year we won the Taste of Kent Awards on raspberries, <laughs> and we also won uh, best raspberries at the National Fruit Show, and we got ninety nine out of hundred. And just it's just like the cherry on top mm. you know, after a really hard season. Raspberry to, on top. <clears throat> raspberry on top. <laughs> <laughs> After a really hard season to get that, you know, acknowledgement from industry experts. Mm. It's like, wow, that little red rosette. We were so proud. Mm. Um, and it just, yeah, it just makes everything a little bit easier. And we all love a competition as well. Yeah. They get a bit competitive <laughs> in our family. <laughs> just a bit, yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. And t- yeah, so nationally, the top raspberries. Yeah. Very yeah. impressive. So yeah. Everyone should go out and, and when they come back in the season, yeah. <laughs> go out and buy them in the supermarkets and support British farmers. Because that's so important, isn't it? That there are a lot of, you know, imported fruits, but some of the best thing you can do for UK businesses is just buy locally grown fruit. Yeah, we we are up against it with imports that can come in cheaper. And I get that food prices are rising and it is hard um, for everybody. But backing British is so important because, um, you know, you're you're getting rid of your food miles. We are one of the most sustainable industries in the world mm. compared to other countries. Um, so, yeah, it you know, we are we are trying. We're working hard. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I could say I have taste tested um, and give the seal of approval also, although that's not quite as impressive as the national <laughs> taste of. <laughs> So then conversely, what has been the hardest thing to date? Um, what's the hardest thing to date? Probably, probably this summer's been my toughest yeah. year yet. Um, and having 
it's quite volatile sometimes and some of the people that we've had to work with maybe I don't know how was I, I hope you're not talking about me <laughs> <laughs> no not at all it's working with different people with different personalities for me is one of the biggest challenges um but you've just got to remember to hold your head up and hold your own mm. because you know back yourself and sometimes I didn't back myself this summer and then after I'd be like why didn't I back myself because I know I'm right and then <laughs> I'd come back the next day and you know recompose and mm. start again I think because we do such crazy hours and it's so intense it's really easy to let everything build up and get on top of you um so it's just remembering to take a breath sometimes I think mm. for me that's been the hardest thing this year you also from my point of view took on a lot of responsibility and you know it's long hours and it's six days a week mm. and you're on call on the other day in case <laughs> me I have any issues <laughs> that I need to ask about um so it's it is full on and as you say it's it's tiring you're running around it can be very stressful and because it's as we've spoken about you know the orders come in that morning it's go 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 you don't really get that respite I well I felt <laughs> um, yeah, and then true, yeah and I mean complete compliments to you I think you're possibly one of the most resilient people I've ever met in my entire life <laughs> and Thank I mean you. I've not met you for a long time but um <laughs> actually to see that it's incredible because there are a lot of personalities and yeah. a lot of those personalities I'd never come across mm. in my own working career. Like I work in, you know, a nice office and everyone's <laughs> very polite. I've never had like maybe some of the conflict that you actually have to face. Yeah. It sometimes go you go into conversations and you have to kind of brace yourself and oh, no. and you think, why do I have to do that? You shouldn't have to feel like that on a daily basis. But um sometimes you just can't get around it and mm. and especially because we're working with other companies I can't say well I don't like you um <laughs> so it's it's finding a way of of working with those people to to just get the job done yeah. and um yeah I had a couple of tears this summer which is like the first time ever oh, but no. sometimes that actually really helped me because I just needed that release yeah. <laughs> exactly and I mean on the outside you'd never guess because you're like the happiest bubbliest person and then it's like you're probably like really stressed about something um, but like a I'm, duck on water paddling <laughs> frantically underneath on the surface all happy as Larry <laughs> exactly I'd be up well hopefully not all the time um but that was something I really saw working with you and I thought it was really amazing in terms of the future hmm. what do you think that holds for you um, well, I can't see myself going anywhere in terms of um, new employment. Mm. Um, we There is a lot of waste on farm in terms of fruit waste. Mm. And uh, we are looking to, um, to utilise that, whether that's in juices or cordials or something else. We've actually just made a rhubarb sparkling wine, um, yes. which we're very excited about. 
um, which have been labelled this week. Um, When's it hitting the shops? Hopefully in two weeks' time. So um, before Christmas, before very Christmas, good. Perfect timing. So we know what everybody's Christmas present is going to be this so, year. So what's it called? How can we, where can we find it? What's it called? Um, it's called uh, Maya's Rhubarb Sparkling Wine. Mm-hmm. And if you go onto our farm website, we'll have a tab, you can get it on there. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, very exciting. So for my, for my future, I just see us expanding our, our business, um, you know, robotics is coming into mm. the fruit industry in quite a big way which which is quite exciting um but I would like to see a lot less fruit waste mm. on our farm and I think that's something that we will do very well in the next couple of years definitely I can't wait to try this sparkling <laughs> wine definitely going to look out for it in the shot and I'll put a link to your website in the in the show notes as well or the podcast notes <laughs> as well so and then finally what advice would you give to someone who maybe doesn't really know what they want to do or they maybe want to do something quite similar what advice would you give to them don't be scared to try lots of different things I was almost too scared to settle Mm -hmm. so it's also not bad to have an idea and run with it but at the same time if you don't know just ask people questions just just Mm -hmm. keep asking questions and you know even today I went round um, another grower's pack house mm. because he offered. We were like, yes, great. Let's go and <laughs> learn some new things. Um, so it's just don't be afraid of someone saying no, which I was always very scared of rejection. You know, no one likes mm. to be rejected, but actually it's, it just makes you a stronger, better person. And then you think, right, next time, maybe I'll ask it in just a different way. Mm. Um, and then you might get a different response. I think that's such good advice it's it is hard to put yourself sort of out almost like vulnerable Mm. open yourself up to rejection but I mean as you say it's made you stronger it's made you more confident it's meant that you have maybe picked up so many life lessons along the way by doing that which you can then use going forward which sounds to me very exciting (laughs) in terms of the future and robotics and trying to I guess streamline all of the processes which I know you were trying to do as well last summer so it does sound exciting and then the next gen farmers as well you can help to develop that even further and I hope you get to go on your trip to New Zealand very very (laughs) soon um but I have loved talking about this not only because I had some insight anyway but it's been really good to hear from you and hear you know that if something isn't right you can go try something else you don't have to decide you know I'm going to go to uni and study this and therefore I can't do anything else in the future you can just do whatever feels right and whatever you really want to do and you can change if you want to yeah lots of opportunities out there so just go and grab them exactly thank you so much (laughs) thank you for being on help in my 20s it's been amazing to talk to you so thank you it's been great well thanks Georgie Thank you so much to Alex Meyer for being part of Helping Me In My Twenties and also for giving me a role when I was furloughed and just needed really to get out of the house. I so much appreciated and I learned so much about working in the pack house and about the farm in general. I felt that this was such an interesting conversation, especially as before last summer, it was so far removed from my nine to five. So thank you so much, Alex, and thank you so much to everyone for listening. 
If you'd like to follow me, please do on Instagram at help over my 20s, or you can follow me on LinkedIn. You can rate, subscribe, comment, and really appreciate it if you could share it with your network. Thank you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.